Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you and say, the Lord is faithful. How many of you have a, can go back over your life and just think about how he has been faithful? When we sing about that theme, it's really powerful, isn't it? His goodness. All my life he has been faithful. When you've gone through the doldrums, through the fires, through transition times, through times of things falling apart, the one thing you discover when you look back is how the Lord was there holding things together for you. You have to think of sometimes you go, yep, because our propensity of our minds is to think, nah, he's not. This is the title. I just have a couple little slides here to start off with. When we talk about the faithfulness of the Lord, we need to recognize the flawless purity of the Word of God. There's a Psalm uh, 12, 6. It says, the words of the Lord are pure words. Everybody say that. The words of the Lord are pure words. Like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Your opinion is one thing. But I don't think your opinion has been refined in a furnace seven times. The world's in great upheaval and much distress because of opinions that have not been refined in the furnace seven times. They're not pure. They're not true. Next thing I want to point out as we look at this faithfulness of the Lord is one other passage about His Word accomplishing what it's sent to do. Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. How many of you have done your thing and realized this is not working very well? This is just not working right. When you do it his way, when I look at you back there, I realize sometimes to do it his way, you got to deal with something in here. Something in here, how many of you have found something in here has to go before he can deposit what he wants. You can wrestle inside. And there's a little bit about that in the, at the end of this uh, message. As the heavens are high above the earth, so his ways are higher. Let's look at the next slide. So that my word goes out of my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish what I sent it to, for the purpose which I sent it. It shall succeed in the thing which I sent it to do. So it is the Father, if Father God's uh, desire that we put our faith in Him because He is actually faithful. And um, you see it like in Noah's life. He was uh, instructed by God to build an ark. It took about 120 years. And when, when it was ready, God was the only one that could close the door on it. Now, wouldn't that have been bad? 
work all this time and it starts raining and the door won't shut. Everybody say God's faithful. The strategic moment that's needed, God comes and shuts the door on the ark and then they go through it and God know, Noah knew that God was faithful. I look at this other verse here, Hebrews 11:8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he had, was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. That is the father of faith in the Bible. That's the essence of what the Lord asks of us. He says, I want you to follow me, even though you don't know where it's leading. That's why when Jesus says, I am the way, he is the way. Being with Jesus is the way. When you get there, he'll let you know. Little kid in the back seat. <laughs> when it's time for you to know, we're here. The Lord was faithful to Abraham. Hebrews 11.11, 11, by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. And you know the story, you know, here's the, the Lord comes as an angel, you know, there's these angels there, and uh, they basically she's hiding behind the door. And here's them talking about this time next year. You're going to have a child. And she laughs. And um, the angel of the Lord says, you laughed. She goes, no, I didn't. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Well, you're going to name him Isaac. Isaac means laughter. And she named him Isaac. She believed. Waited until she did not have the capacity to conceive. Wow. Everybody say it. God's faithful. Faithful to Sarah. He's faithful to you. In other words, there's some things that the Lord wants to produce in and through your life that you feel like, well, maybe that season's over. And the Lord says, I'm not finished with you yet. I have people to touch through your life. I have things I want to do. What do you think I put all this good stuff in you for? I want to spread it around. Even Moses, it says Hebrews eleven twenty four through 25, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. This is a big one for our culture today, isn't it? He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. We're living in a culture that is um, not only confused, but uh, oppressive. There's a lot going on. I'm not, my message is not about that. You already know about that. My message is God is faithful to you in the midst of that culture. There was a great sermon series I heard by Dale Everest, a friend of mine, years ago. He says, how to live in Babylon without Babylon living in you. And that it was based on Daniel. What is amazing, what is amazing about the Lord's faithfulness to us is that he has factored in our humanness. 
by saying, yay. It's not based on you being perfectly obedient. It's not based on you being perfectly faithful. It's not based on you. In fact, he already knows you're going to mess up pretty regularly. Just look at somebody and say, hey, this is the kingdoms for us, right? It's, it's the people who think they get it right that are all wrong. They're an annoyance to everybody. There's no humility there. You know what I mean? They're like, they're, 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 they're the prideful, oh, they just get in your crawl. They, just, they mess with you. The religious, the people that think they're something when they're nothing. God has factored in the humanness. And this is that, by that I definitely mean our propensity to try to figure out how, figure out his will and do it in our own strength without him. How many of you, I got my marching orders. By God, I'll see you when I'm done. That's a bunch of tomfoolery. That doesn't work. Because everything the Lord has called us to do is in partnership with him doing it in us and through us. Would you say that with me? Every, all our partnership with God is based on him doing it in us and through us. Jesus modeled abiding in the Father, and he said, the same way that I have abide in the Father, I want you to abide in me. I'm the source of your life. I've realized the further I've gone that the life is really, it's really, it's really about putting to death a bunch of me. When I have a bunch of him, Heather said, Amen. When you're all caught up in you, when you're in the way, when your opinion outweighs the Word of God, when your pride and the when, you're, when you're, your opinion, your thing, your way is in the way, it's an annoyance to everybody. But when you die, and that's the, is this, is this like, does anybody in the room have ever been invited by the Lord to, to die to something? Okay, now here's the thing. Was it hard? Yeah, yeah, dying's hard. But when, the, when that part of your life is dead, okay, and Christ is now alive in that place, is your life better? Yeah, victory is there now instead of your foolish rule over your own soul. You're fighting for yourself. He who fights for his own life loses it. He who loses his life for Christ's sake finds it, right? So he's factored in our humanness, and he wants us to do it. And see, Noah couldn't close the door to the ark. Abraham had no idea where he was going, but he believed the Lord anyway. Sarah laughed at the idea of herself becoming pregnant at that age. Moses tried to get out of the deliverance of the children of Israel business. Even after he knew he was the guy, and God came up to him and says, I'm not the guy, I'm not the guy, I'm not the guy. And the Lord, I didn't call myself into the ministry. I hadn't. This is basically how, how it worked. The Lord came up to me and he said, 
you're not doing anything anyway of any consequence. So I've thought about it. And I have some plans for you. Your life's not going anywhere anyway. But the Lord's thought about it. And what you're doing is really not of any consequence. But He has eternal purpose with you. He says, I got something I want to do with your life. I thought, well, it sounds good to me. Just go ask Heather. <laughs> and Heather said, the Lord says, I got something to do with your life. What you're doing doesn't have much consequence to it. Once you go along with him, we'll work it out. You'll become extra special along the way. And that's the truth. And so we go through the meat grinder. We go through the fire. We go through all the stuff. But amidst our human frailty, our limitations, amidst the long waiting and the battles with doubt, amidst the outrageous levels of promise that the Word makes, come on, to tell somebody they're going to have a baby and they can't even, there's no egg in the body. That's outrageous. To tell somebody like me, hey, there's a, town, there's a building downtown, let's go do this. That's outrageous. But he came through. Everybody say God is faithful. God is faithful to take what you make available to him and do something so extraordinary with your life that you could never pull it off. There's that added part where he comes in and does the things that you can't do. Let's go ahead and just praise the Lord. There. There's the part. The, the, the Lord wants to, to he's not, he's not going to elbow in and elbow you out. He's like, he gives you the offer Will you allow me to become in you what you can't be in yourself? Will you submit to that? Will you humble yourself to that? Will you surrender? Recently, I heard uh, Foursquare past uh, President Randy Remington. He made a comment about Abraham. And he said at the end of his life, Abraham, after receiving the promise that he would produce more people in the earth than stars in the sky and the sands of the sea, and there would be a land for the people of God to dwell in. This is what he ended up. Abraham had a son of promise, Isaac. And he had a cave that he had purchased to bury Sarah in. He didn't see the massive amount of people that were promised. He was part of the train of promise that would be developing over seasons. But he was the beginning point of the people of Israel, the father, faith. He gets to the end of his life, he could say, well, where are all those kids and stuff? Right? But here's, here's the deal. Let's make an observation about the 25 years that went on. It took 25 years of him believing. He gave him a promise and it was 25 years later that she conceived. That's a long time. That's a long gestation period, wouldn't you say? I looked it up. Field mice take three weeks. When you're going to do something little, it don't take much time to go from conception to birth. But your field mice go, they say there's a much more field mice. But an elephant, especially the African bush elephant, that takes 22 months 
22 months. The size of what's going to be birthed, it takes longer. You're not having an African bush elephant baby pop out in three weeks. We're not talking field mice here. We're talking one big baby. And Abraham was producing billions of children. In fact, today, there's three billion people that have their lineage back to Abraham. The Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. All tie back to Abraham. That's one big baby. And there may be something that God has called you to that you're not going to see the fruit of it the way you anticipated. But it's on the way. Come on, somebody receive that. It's on the way. You're believing. You're putting your faith in the Lord. You don't see what you want to see. All you got is a cave and one little hope. But the Lord said, I've, how many stories have I heard about people who prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and they didn't see anything. And then at their funeral, at their funeral, people show up and receive the Lord that the person prayed for all their life. I see, hear those stories all the time. You sow the seed. You believe. You trust. You put your faith in the Lord. There's going to be uh, an eternal impact of your life. Just go settle on that. Say, thank you, Lord. There's an eternal impact. The way you live, the people you touch, the seeds you sowed, there's more influence than, because the devil wants to say, it didn't matter. Your life didn't matter. That's what the devil does. When you get saved, he says, you're not saved. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, he says, you're making all that up. When you get delivered, he says, I didn't leave you. I'm still here. The devil's a liar. Jesus said that. He's the source of all lies. So let's just go ahead and wipe that off the map. Jesus, because you're going to stand before the Lord and the fruitfulness is going to be there. That's what I'm anticipating. How many of you know you stand before the Lord, he's going, he's going, there's going to be things that, 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 that uh, people's lives change and you'll see the fruitfulness of the life that you live. Let's just praise the Lord for that. Because it's, look, we're doing it as unto the Lord anyway. We're not doing it for the, to see something. We're doing it as obedience to the Lord. The life we're living is obedience to the Lord. Uh, but our prayers matter. I'm going to just interject right now. We just claim the next generation in this county for Jesus Christ. We come against all the confusion, all the uh, warfare against our minds. In the name of Jesus, we claim this next generation for the glory of God. They will rise up and we will see there will be many come. To, in fact, in the next several years, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands worldwide of people coming to know Jesus. We're standing and believing that, but I believe it is. we're on the verge. We're on the sense of it. Now, the Lord says, stay strong in this. Stay strong in this. Hallelujah. I want to, uh, got a couple more things, and uh, we'll be, uh, be on our way here. The Lord uh, was indeed uh, faithful in the promise also of the land. In Joshua 21, 
Now listen, he said, I'm going to give you a people to Abraham, and I'm going to give you a land. And you got this train of events. You got all these people that come along. There's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Then you have, a, you know, what, you know, Joseph. You have um, Moses. You have uh, Joshua. I think this is uh, in Joshua, the book of Joshua. It says, uh, chapter 21, 43 says, the Lord... Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to the, the fathers, their fathers. And they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them the rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not, not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Listen to this verse. Not one word of all the good promises of the Lord that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All had come to pass. I'm looking at this, and I feel quickened. I felt the Lord said, that's a prophetic picture for you. Because Jesus came, and in John 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled, Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. The Lord's going to fulfill His promise to you. And you will see the place that he has prepared for you. In Revelation 21, verse 9, Then came one of the seven angels who had seven bowls of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come and I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like the most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. We jump down a few verses to 22. Now listen. And I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of the sun or moon to shine in it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light with the nations will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and the gates will never shut day or night. There will be no night there, and they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You and I have an eternal home that's nothing like anything you've ever seen around here. It's completely beautiful in every way. It's beyond your ability to even imagine it. You have to have, you have to be touched by God in this realm, from that realm, to even get a, uh, any idea. But the glo but you're going to feel better than you ever felt because there's no sickness. You will not be encumbered by any bad habit or, or failure. It's all gone. Hallelujah. How many of you are like, can I go today? <laughs> Where's the bus? 
He's prepared this for us. Can I just turn this, because we're going to finish in a minute. Can I just turn this moment right here into, let's praise the Lord for the future and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. I'm not all about this get out now. I want us to do our job while we're here. I want us to fulfill the will of God while we're here. Like David said, it says, I fulfilled the will of the Lord in my generation. We want to fulfill all that we're made to be and do. But it's because of where he's taking us. We have a hope nobody else does. We have the hope nobody else does. We have eternal hope in Christ Jesus. Heather and I um, came out of nowhere. We didn't have any spiritual pedigree. Any, We're not stacked up on top of, you know, like five or six generations of preachers or anything like that. I said it a minute ago, God says, you're not doing anything. Let's go ahead and give you something to do that will be of eternal worth. So the Lord strategically placed us where we are, and he decided what we would do. Our primary call was that the Lord would was going to heal our brokenness. He was going to free us from our bondage, and he was going to anoint us to do the same for others. That's it. Our story is long, and it's amazing. But so is yours. God has purpose for your life way beyond where you are right now. Heather and I have often prayed a prayer with people, making a commitment to the Lord. And, and however, we would say it like this. We say, we, we, uh, we, we say, let's commit. We commit to you in however the Lord would commingle our lives for his kingdom purposes. We're not making a commitment to the person, even though we are. We're committing to the Lord as how he would do the commingling of our lives together. And as that happens, there's freedom for him to work in and through us as a, in, our, in our commitment together. Because the Lord does bring people into your life for strategic purposes. And you have to hold that loosely, but you have to give that and walk with that in the Lord. Sometimes the Lord shows up in uh, very beautiful ways of deliverance, as we saw years ago uh, when the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace and there was a fourth man in fire. The Lord will show up in a dramatic way. And sometimes it's um, just in the, the everyday grunting it out, him showing up, you being faithful. You know, faithful, 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 faithful. How many of you like you look in there, you see uh, this guy, faithful, faithful, triple faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. As long as the day is long, he's faithful. The Lord has taken your life and literally because of that spirit and attitude of faithfulness before the Lord, no matter what you do, he promotes you, promotes you, promotes you, promotes you. Hallelujah. The Lord will take, look, when you're, when you're faithful and it ain't going your way, Come on, when it's not going your way, when it really hurts like the Dickens, and you're not doing well, but you're faithful to the Lord anyway, what's he do? It all accrues to your account. If you're struggling right now, just go ahead and hand it all to the Lord and say, I'm going to live unto you. I'm going to do it unto you. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to finish with this. 
1 Thessalonians, I think I have this up here, Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. I never knew 24 very well. I knew the other ones. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Sanctify means to set apart. Now you all know the joke, you know, the thing with a human sacrifice is that it, you know, sacrifice, not human sacrifice, that sounds really mad, doesn't it? Spiritual sacrifice, whenever you come to sacrifice this, I'm going to come to the altar, Lord, and I'll give it all to you. And then you get up off the altar and you take the problem with you. You have tried to sanctify yourself. You've tried to set yourself apart for God. You say, I'll do it. And then you don't do it. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. I know me, not on my watch. How many of you can keep yourself blameless? Who is writing this stuff? Sanctify you wholly and keep, keep you blameless? At the coming of the Lord Jesus? Thank God for verse 24! Oh, hallelujah, verse 24, yay! Who is faithful? He is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. And He will surely do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. But He will surely do it. There's stuff you've been stuck in so long, and suddenly one day you're not stuck anymore. He did it. He did it. You tried and tried and tried. The anger of man cannot produce the righteousness of God. You can get mad at yourself for sinning and it won't do you any good. But one day, surely the Lord does it. And you step out of something that used to define your life. And you're no longer that anymore. I got this crazy thing going on inside of me these days. I actually believe that Father God loves me a whole lot. More than I thought way back. Deeply loves me. Passionately cares about me. Huge. I was never that way. That's not how I grew up. But I believe it now. As faithful is He who calls you. And He did it. He caused my mind to change. He caused my self-perspective to change. I love this little verse. I mean, this little thing. George MacDonald, this uh, renowned novelist, I wrote it in the little page here in the bulletin, but he, he said this, God's finger can touch nothing but to mold it into loveliness. And it doesn't matter. How many of you have seen the illustration that Corey Tim Boom, she would come and she would speak and she would hold up a tapestry. You know the tapestry story? Basically, she would hold up the back of it. And everybody would see, you know, the different colors of thread running here and there all over the place. And she'd hold that thing up 
And everybody go, and she said, this is what we see from the earthly side of life. We see that life went like this and then disappeared and then over here and then this. And it doesn't make any sense. But then she said, but this is what's seen in heaven. And she turns it around and it's a beautiful crown that all those steps that you didn't understand, God was weaving and changing and doing something so extraordinary. She wrote a poem about it. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors He weaveth steadily. Oft times He weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget He sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark treads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver and the pattern He has planned. He knows. He loves. He cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to Him. Hallelujah. Let's lift our heads. Just, just pause, pause here. Lift your head before the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to just release comfort. Comfort because you know the Lord is faithful. He's going to take what went wrong in your life and show you that the weaving of it was going to produce something better than you could imagine. Would you praise Him with me just for a moment? Just stay there under your breath. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He's faithful to me, not just other people. He's faithful to me. Hallelujah. Dwayne, my spirit, I don't understand what the Lord's saying, but it just goes out to you. I feel like the Lord just highlighted this is very meaningful what the Lord, he's saying something to you in the midst of this, isn't he? He's saying that I've lifted you out of a place and I'm weaving something of an extraordinary future. Way be, you've seen it. You've gotten glimpses of it. You're like Abraham. You, you tried to, you know, you're going. You're, you're, he's developing your life. Let's just praise the Lord. You're being humble and obedient and faithful. And Lord, I pray for Dwayne. I thank you, Lord that you have profound impact for his life. And whatever he's gone through recently, ups and downs, we just say, take his, take his hand and walk with him and impart a greater weight of your purpose. We come against, and everybody in the room, we come against how the devil has come to steal and kill and destroy the fruitful vision that you have for each part here. Would you praise the Lord with me? Praise it, praise it. It doesn't matter what's happened recently. The Lord's saying, this is another one. Even though you were faithless, the Lord says, I will, I will not be, uh, I will not be faithless. I will be faithful. Even when you have low times, the Lord says, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to be faithful in your life, no matter if you're faithful or not. 
at a certain season or certain time in your life. Would you let's stand together? Let's just praise the Lord together for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 If you're wondering right now what's happening in your life, I want you to say in your spirit, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is settled that. If you're struggling with a failure, I want to tell you the Lord is faithful to pull you through, to take you where you cannot take yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Father, lift every heart here. I ask that you would cause each person to learn a new dance move with you, to step into a new place of peace, tranquility, and deep trust in your faithfulness to them. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. If you uh, have never opened your heart to follow the Lord, we have some people up here love to pray with you to come to know Jesus. And if you have another issue or two that you want prayer for, as we dismiss, the main thing we want you to do today in the midst of this is know that we have an incredible fellowship time next door. So don't run out without having some goodies and fellowshiping. Amen. Love you guys. You're dismissed.